0: Hey there, you're joining me for episode 150 of the Blended Family Podcast, which blows my mind, really. It's almost three years since I started this podcast. So hard for me to believe. And I wanna thank all of you for being part of my community, for coming back to listen every week, and for sharing me with other blended families that you know. And please continue to do that. It's my personal goal to help as many blended families as I possibly can. And so when you help me get the word out, it's really wonderful. Speaking of, I got a new five-star iTunes review this week from Ms. Melissa 33 And she says, thanks for putting together a great podcast. It's a wonderful way to help think through some of the challenges that many modern families face. I think it's a perfect starting point for conversations with partners, exes, and even children. Uh, thank you so much for that review. iTunes reviews are especially helpful to me because... The more reviews a show has, the more visible it becomes in iTunes, as well as it helps people decide if that show is worthwhile for them to check out. I would so appreciate anyone who could take a few moments to write me a review or rate the show. And the link for that is blendedfamilypodcast.com slash iTunes. The Stepmom Meditation Album made by my previous guest, Anna D'Acosta, is still available to purchase, although time has run out to get that $5 discount. But the album is not expensive anyway. It's still only $14.99. So if you want that, you can go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash album, and that link is always in the show notes. If you're new and you want to know what I'm talking about, You can go back and check out episode 142 where I interview Anna and we talk about the album that she created for Stepmoms. And if you've already purchased the album, and I know many of you have, please send me an email and let me know how it's working for you. I'd love to get some feedback on that. Another thing, and I will probably mention this every week until the end of December, I've released some special pricing on coaching bundles. You only have through the end of the year, so that's through the end of December, to take advantage of my low rates, and you can save even more when you purchase a bundle in advance. And to learn more about that, you can go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. I try to create all these easy links for you so that you can remember. And last, and you only have about a week or so left here to help me with this, I'm working on a show for my interracial couples and I'm asking those who are in an interracial blended family to offer some help by answering some questions for me. They're easy questions. So if you want to, you can email me. Again, that's melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and just put interracial in the subject line and I will go ahead and send you the questions. Okay. And so I think that is all for my announcements. Today, I want to talk about differing parenting styles this is something that I think we all deal with and today I'm not talking about differing parenting styles with your ex or the other bio parent of your children in this show we're talking about your current partner any relationship whether traditional or not when there are kids involved any relationship struggles with trying to find common ground when it comes to parenting in a blended family it's really hard This is because before you met, you each had your own parenting style if you both had kids first. Not everyone does. In a traditional household, you might still have differing opinions, but you usually work them out together and learn together as you go. It's not like that in a blended family where you each already have your own way of doing things and your own belief systems. This is easier when there are only children on one side because you have less disagreements about parenting, which makes sense. But when there are kids on both sides, this is when it really can become an issue for so many blended families, even for me. Sean and I have had differing parenting styles since day one, and yet we still make it work. And he's actually going to join me here in a few minutes so we can talk about it together. But the first thing I want you to know is that It is not only normal, but it is pretty much expected that two parents coming together to form a blended family are not going to parent the same. You're lucky if you have some commonalities in the way that you parent. It would be rare for two people to come together and realize that their parenting styles are exactly the same. So really, we all need to know this going in, and we need to accept the fact that we're just not going to agree on everything. And this is okay. And a couple of the reasons we all parent so differently are, one, we were all raised differently. And often we raise our children with many of the same values and structure we remember as a child. Or for some of us, we maybe want to go opposite of what our parents did if we didn't agree with the way that we were raised. But we learn a lot about the way that we were raised. But see, we're all raised differently. And two, some of us have differing parenting styles due to whether they are custodial or non-custodial parents. That's a big one. And there are so many other factors involved that determine what kind of parent we actually are. Here's where the problem lies. When two parents are living under the same roof with their children, they really can't blend well when each set of kids has different rules, boundaries, structures, and discipline. If you're on opposite schedules and the kids never see one another, you could probably get away with it to a certain extent. But if the kids are in the home at the same time, there's no way you can do that without an extreme amount of pushback. Kids will quickly come to resent each other when they see that they're treated differently. And this becomes so hard because we also can't expect everyone to change suddenly after things have been a certain way for as long as that child can remember and suddenly changing the rules on a child can cause that child to rebel. So, what do you do? I'm going to tell you that communication is the single most important thing that you need in your relationship to make it through this challenge. 100% honesty from the beginning and communication. You are all at a different place in your relationship now, and I understand that, and it's never too late to change things around. But if you're new in the relationship, that is the best time to deal with these differences, preferably before you move in together. Most couples in the beginning stages of a relationship don't find it necessary to bring up these conversations, but it will save you so much trouble if you do. So let's talk about how to handle this in whatever stage you're in. So first, if you're in a new relationship or if you haven't yet moved in, but you're thinking about it, you want to have some open and honest dialogue alone without the kids at first. Talk about your parenting styles. Talk about the rules and structure you each provide to your children. In these conversations, you'll find the similarities and differences and knowing that upfront before you move in together will help so much. You'll know what you each agree about and disagree about. And then you can move on to discuss what moving in will look like for you. You can come up with ideas to bring you both more on the same page. Be honest with this. Let each other know how you feel about the other's ideas. Talk about where you're willing to compromise and where you're not. Come up with a plan together that works. This way when you do move in together, there won't really be any surprises. When you move in or right before, you can then sit down with the kids and talk about how things might look different when you're all living together. And yes, there will still be issues that come up, but doing it this way does eliminate a lot of the problems. And because you're used to having these discussions from the start, when something does need to be addressed, it'll just go more smoothly for you. And that is the best plan of action, but most of us don't always prepare that well. So next, what happens when, like I think most of us, You never had these discussions before moving in together, and now that you've been living together, you're noticing that you each do parent differently, and it's starting to cause some problems. It's okay, because you can still fix this. And again, I'm going to tell you that communication is essential here, because what you'll notice is that you'll start arguing. You'll get resentful of the way the other chooses to parent, because you might not agree with their choices. Then you might even get resentful of your stepchildren. The kids will start picking up on the differences and they'll start taking advantage of the situation or they will start resenting each other. So as soon as you see these things happening, you've got to sit down and start talking about it and come up with a new plan. Don't think that you can't make a change because you already started out this one way. What you don't want to do is to present as separate parents or separate teams in front of the kids. You need to show the kids that you're on the same page, even if you're not. What you need to show the kids is that you are. And in order to do that, you need to work together. See, what's good in this situation is that you've been living together and the problems are already out in the open. So you've likely already noticed where the problematic differences are. So you have a starting point. So now you need to figure out how to come up with solutions or compromises to bring everyone to a more even playing field. This is something I help couples with in coaching, especially if there's trouble or difficulty in their communication. I help facilitate that. And last, what do you do if you've been together for a while and things are completely out of control? You've never been on the same page with parenting, and it's really taken a toll on both your relationship and the entire household. If you've let things get to this point, it's still never too late to make things better, but it's definitely going to be harder in this situation. You've likely both swallowed a lot, you haven't communicated enough in the past, and now things might all be coming to a boil. Here's where you need to decide how important it is to make things work. How committed are you? Some couples in this position find that they just want to give up and throw in the towel. But I say no. Instead, there are other compromises. Initially, you aren't going to be able to just suddenly change the structure that's been a certain way for a long period of time. You're going to have to make baby steps. And then an alternative would be possibly separating visitation so that each set of kids aren't together at the house at the same time. Or there are a lot of couples who try to live separately altogether, And that is a very personal decision and it works amazingly for some families and not so well for others. And it isn't something I often suggest. But in a case where the divide in parenting styles is threatening to damage the relationship, well, this might be something that can save it, even if only temporarily. I actually did an episode on this. I can't remember the number. But if you go back in the archives, I did do an episode, uh, episode months ago on this topic. Um, If you do decide to stay and keep things as they are, it is okay to talk to the kids about it. And you can be honest and say, look, we realize that we've made some mistakes here. We parent differently, and we see that it's caused problems, and so we're going to make some changes. But in that discussion, the kids need to see that it is both of you now wanting to implement the change. And then you'll do the same thing I mentioned earlier. You're going to come up with new ideas in any of these cases, you will notice the pushback from the kids, especially if the parenting styles in your home differ on strictness and leniencies, which is the most common difference. I'll give you a perfect example of this, but we're gonna talk more about it when Sean joins us. If your blended family consists of a custodial parent who has the kids the majority of the time, and then a non-custodial who has visitation, most likely the custodial parent is going to be the more strict parent than the non-custodial. It makes sense, right? Kids that visit on weekends only likely have less structure and rules. But see, when the kids that live home full-time see this, they become resentful of the other kids. Why don't they have to pick up their mess? Why don't they have the same chores that I do? That's just one example. But also you can have other issues. Discipline Discipline looks very different parent to parent. So let's say you have two kids that get in trouble for the exact same offense. One parent might say that it warrants losing the cell phone for the whole week, while the other parent might shrug it off and just tell the child not to do it again. Do you see how this can cause conflict? The child who lost their phone for a week is going to be very upset that the other child didn't. And it's not the child's fault. See, So that's why you need to come up with a general plan for the house so that everyone knows what to expect. Well, now seems like a perfect time to bring Sean on because this is something that we have lots of experience with together. So here we go. Hi, Sean. As you know, I brought you here today to talk about differing parenting styles, which is something that we've struggled with over the years. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. So you and I had very different styles of parenting when we met and over the years we worked together to get on the same page as much as possible. So first tell everyone about what your parenting style was back then, how were you with the kids when we met?
1: I was a pushover, they took advantage of me. I only got them on the weekends. So when they would come down, of course, I didn't want to get on them, uh, yell at them, have them do too many things because I didn't get to see them all that often. And I think after, over time, they realized they they could push over dad.
0: Yeah. And me, when we met, I think I was a very rigid, strict mom who was a little bit uptight. And I I, I could have used to relax a little bit more, I think. Um, so that's kind of what happened when we first met. I mean, gosh, you used to make fun of me because the kids didn't even know how to go up and down the stairs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
0: So at first, though, I think when we realized our parenting styles were different, I think we were both resistant to change. And I know that we made some mistakes. We didn't communicate enough in the beginning. And I would hold in a lot about what I was feeling. Sean, what mistakes do you think you might have made years ago when we were figuring all this out?
1: Uh, I never followed through with my punishments. If I would tell the kids I'm going to take something away from them. I never did. Or if I said we're not going to go to the park, or if we're not going to go to the movies because you guys are doing something wrong, I still took them to the park. I still took them to the movies. And I think, you know, you helped me with that a lot by, you know, being consistent with my punishments. Yeah. If I'm not going to say something, and I'm not going to follow through with it, then don't say it.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And we've definitely been working on that. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, and this this is really important, but often overlooked. When I say to treat all of the kids fairly and equally, I mean that in a general sense, but really it's tricky because at the same time, each kid needs to be treated differently to cater to their own personality styles and their ages. And I know that our four kids are all so different, and even though they have the same general rules and structure, the way that we execute it might be different. So, Sean, can you talk about that? Explain how the kids' personalities determine how we provide the unique discipline or guidance. For each one of them.
1: Oh, wow, that's that's each one of them have their own little personalities. Like Shawnee, our 18-year-old, he's although he's a tough guy, he's a tough kid, he's a football player, you know, he is very sensitive. So when you go to him to get on him about something, you gotta say it in a different way, or not like it's threatening, you know, or he takes it you know to heart and he gets upset and then, you know, he has a little anger and There's an argument there, Uh, Alicia. She's we can get on her a little bit harder. She's a little bit stronger minded and hearted, so we are able to get on her a little bit. And and she was she was difficult at a young age, as I'm sure your listeners know. But it was easier for us to get on her because she 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 took it. She was able to like I don't know. We just fought back and forth with her until we had to actually send her to her room.
0: Right. And
1: then we have our our Madison. And she's a lot like Alicia, which explains how those two are best friends. Those two are inseparable now. And Madison's the same way. You just got to watch what you say to her or she takes it to heart. And then she gets mad and will either throw herself into her own room or she'll just, you know, sit there and pout. I remember when she was a kid, I remember several times if we told her something, like we're going to go to the movies and then – I don't know, something would happen, and we decided we're not going to go to the movies. Once you tell that kid you're going to do something, you better better do it or there's going to be an argument or a fight. So <clears throat> she was a tough one. Now, Nikki, our youngest, <laughs> again, she's a lot like Shani, which is kind of funny. She's very sensitive. Uh, it's hard to even yell at her or get upset with her because she would just, with her big crystal blue eyes, she would just start watering her eyes and then wiping her tears away, and it felt like it felt horrible
0: she still um, does that sense.
1: yeah yes <laughs> even at 14 yeah so it, it was hard to talk so each one of them had their own little personalities and we had to navigate through each one of them so we there wasn't a constant fight or an argument but you know they've they've grown up now and it's I guess we still got to treat it the same
0: way. Yeah, well, because you know? they're all, they're all, they all have their own feelings about the way things are run. And even if, if, you know, the punishment should fit the crime. And even if the punishment is take away the phone, there's still a different way that we need to even go about the way we do that. And there's different ways that we need to go about even just getting them to open up about their feelings. We have a couple of them that don't talk enough about what's going on and a couple of them that overshare and, you know, yes. they're, just, they're just different. So, yes, I, I think that all kids need to be treated equal and fair in a house, but you have to definitely take in mind that their personalities are different and you can't treat them exactly the same because you'll get some pushback, right? Oh, definitely. All right, so earlier in the show, I mentioned the difference between being a custodial or a non-custodial parent and how that changes the way that we parent. And Sean, you and I both have experience being on each side of this. Earlier on, I was the custodial to the girls while you were the non-custodial. And now I'm the non-custodial, and you're the custodial, and I was definitely the strict parent early on while you had a harder time being the disciplinarian, like you said before. So can you explain why that was hard for you to be the way you were back then and talk about how it's changing for you now, now that you are the custodial parent?
1: Well, because back then I barely really got to see them every other weekend and every, every other Friday, uh, Wednesday. So when they came here, I didn't want to, like I said before, I didn't want to have to throw so many rules on them. I didn't want to have to discipline them all the time because they were getting that enough up there at their mom's house. You know, she had to be the disciplinary. So, so once they moved in here, I think in their, in their minds as well, that was going to be that same fun, you know, not get on me type dad and, you know, let me do what I kind of want to do dad. And they realized soon realized that after living here, like Shawnee, of course, been here for over a year and a half now, and he's you know i got to be strict with him you know even though he is 18 he still lives here under our roof you know i still make him like soon he leaves the house i'm like before you get to certain satchin road text me when you get to the next road text me let me know when you're coming home you know and he he obeys the rules he'll, he'll text me everywhere he goes i mean he's driving so it makes me nervous <clears throat> with madison now that she's living here i got to get on her a lot more about school you know i got to make sure that she's doing her homework where before i didn't have to worry about her doing her homework i mean i know you should when she's at her on the weekends but most of the times they took care of the homework you know up at her mom's house before they came down here and uh i gotta make sure she goes to bed on time make sure she you know does what she's supposed to do whereas before it was easy being weekend dad i mean to a point you know now it's like the rules changed a little bit here and it's It's tough. It's
0: tough. Well, it is. And and I have the opposite situation where all those years I had to be the tough disciplinarian that was on top of them with school and everything else. And now I get to take a step back. Of course, I have, you know, my bonus kids that I'm able to, you know, get on when necessary. But for the most part, I get to now sit back and be the, the fun weekend mom that doesn't have to enforce as much. But I'm obviously very active role in the kids' lives no matter what. But I definitely see a difference of, you know, not having to worry about getting them up for school every day and the projects and everything else. But of course, we both get to to be with each other and so we kind of have it anyway regardless because I still, I'm not gonna not do what I need to do with Shawnee and Madison too. So, and of course, when the girls, when I was a custodial, you still helped me with all of that as well. Of course. So for us, we learned early on that if we didn't communicate, Things were not going to work. And we also realized that if we worked together as a team, we could actually grow. Instead of looking at each other's methods as wrong, we started to realize that we could pull ideas from each other to make ourselves better parents. And for me, Sean, you... You most of all helped me to really relax as a parent and to stop being so uptight. Plus, you helped me to become more open with the kids, not so you know shy about talking to them about you know anything, even sex or whatever. So, what things do you think maybe you learned from me or my parenting styles that helped you?
1: Being more consistent on my punishment. Um, <clears throat> like I said before, you you would tell me, honey, please, please don't tell them that you're going to take their phone away if you have no intentions at all, taking our phone away, you know, because, you know, they would, honestly, they would look at me and say, dad, you're not going to take my phone. And, yeah. and, and it was hard because when they would come here, I just wanted to have fun and play with them and have a good time. I didn't want to have to discipline them, but of course you have to, you have to, I don't care if you're a, you know, by a bio father or not, you've got to, you've got to discipline your kids. And it was hard. It was really hard for me. And I think once, once I started, you know, following what you would tell me to do, you know, like, listen, if you're not going to say it, don't say it. So there was times I would, I would get angry and I would I'd yell and say, that's it. We're not going to go do this. You, you know, you help me learn to, you know, not, not say things that I don't want to say or that, that I'm not going to follow through with.
0: Yeah. That, that is huge because the kids pick up right away. If you're, if, if they know that you're not going to follow through with it and that's how they learn how to manipulate and, take advantage. So yeah, that was a big thing uh, that I always thought was important. But no matter what, we never never talked about that in front of the kids. I would always kind of pull you to the side and let you know so that they didn't think that we weren't on the same team. So, and and to me, that's what compromise really is. You you each learn to see from the other's point of view, and you can make changes that will work for both of you, which is not to say that you'll always come to an agreement. There might be some things that you'll never see eye to eye on. The key is to get you talking about it. Sean, how important is open communication in our relationship?
1: Extremely, extremely important. Uh, again, to make any kind of, you know, family work, being a blended family or, or traditional, it's... It's so important that uh, you get on the same page. If you can't get on the full same page, at least most of the important, you know, stuff because uh, there's been several times because the kids know how to work you against each other. I mean, the girls used to tell me something or after you said no, they would come back and say something to me. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. I don't see why not. And then, of course, you already told them no. Right. (laughs) So that would Go go ahead. No, that would just cause a fight. Yeah. You know, or an argument or like, why did you say yes? You know, and they knew how to do that so well. Of course, I think all kids do.
0: Well, that's why communication is so important, because if you're talking yes. to one another and then you, you know, you know what's going to happen and you talk about it beforehand. That way, the kids come up to you and throw something on you. You will have already discussed it. So you'll know how to handle it in advance. So,
1: well, it, it's it's also, honey, if you think about it, it's like even talking to your ex, your ex-husband or, or my ex-wife. It's they know how to play each other against against us as well you know like they would go home and say something to to amy and then come back and say something to me and they would try they didn't realize that was causing damage you know because of course they just want what they can get and they don't care who they hurt in between so it's important that we all have communication you with rick me with amy you know all of us together as a family because honestly it does take a village to run to run uh, these kids you know
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, One of the hurdles we recently had to get over with actually had to do with our communication. And I think that we're really good communicators. But recently I was feeling like I couldn't honestly communicate with you because I would get a reaction that I didn't want. Like you would maybe get upset or frustrated when I would bring something up to you about the kids. So then I started to shut down because I didn't want to argue or feel that opening up my mouth would result in an argument, and that just was not working well, and we figured it out, so can right. you talk about that a little bit?
1: <laughs> well, there's <sighs> been several times, like, with the fighting, if we would get into an argument, you and I would just go into another room, and I think the kids, they saw that. They saw that that there was never arguments, like, out in front of the kids, you know what I'm saying?
0: Right. But I mean, how did you, what I really want to know is how you feel about the way that I was doing that. I was, I was not coming to you and talking to you about what was really on my mind and you knew that stuff was wrong, but I was keeping well, it tight lipped.
1: Well, again, that goes back to the communication money. We, you were afraid to say something to me because
0: again, in the beginning
1: it was hard because I, it's not that I didn't want you to discipline Sean or Madison. It was just they were getting enough of that at their at their mom's house. So when they came here, I wanted them to, to be able to, to relax, have a good time, you know, not worry about things. And I know they were doing things, you know, that were upsetting you. And I know for most of the part you kind of kept it all in. You didn't want to say anything because you felt like like you didn't want to get me upset, you know. And it caused it caused friction between you and I both, you know. And it was I think at that point I think. I realized that you were having a hard time not communicating with me because you were afraid that it might upset me. Right. And once you and I got over that hump, which a lot of, lot of you know families do, I realized that you needed to let out what was going on, or you were just, you know, you you would just keep bearing it and bearing it and bearing it to the point to where it would upset
0: you. That's right. I had to feel safe. I I kept telling you, I I need to be able to come to you and tell you something without you taking a personal offense. If I say something about my stepchild, it means nothing that I don't love my stepchild. I would say the same thing about my bio child. It's just that I need to let you know if something's bothering me or something's going on so we can handle it. And I didn't want you to get defensive or take personal offense to it. And I think once you realize that, um, you know, we kind of got over that pretty quick.
1: Well, yeah, of course. And then also, you got to think, when when Nikki and Alicia, and I was living here with you guys, you know, I was disciplining the girls, yeah, you know, and I can understand for you, you know, now that I look back at it, it's like, well, you're disciplining, you know, Nikki and Alicia, which, you know, you wanted me to, because we were living here, we were living all together, but when Shani and Madison came down, I did, I got a little, just not upset with you, I was just like, "Ah," you know, because I know they get enough of that at home, (laughs) so, but I realized that the kids they needed they needed you to discipline them too. They needed to know that you were going to stick around, you're going to be there for them. And by doing that, I think by disciplining them, letting them know how much you love and care about them, and you treated Shawnee and Madison exactly like you treated Alicia and Nikki. And I think once the kids saw that everybody was going to be treated the same, you know, they realized that this is all going to work out. And 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 there was no more. There wasn't really too much arguing anymore after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we'll wrap up here in a minute. But before we go, Sean, if you had one piece of advice to give to a couple in a blended family who's struggling because their parenting differences are affecting their relationship or their home, what would you say to them?
1: I mean, really, just one word really is communication. I mean, it's the most important word. I mean, you have to communicate between each other because, Again, I think a lot of our arguments that you and I had in the beginning wouldn't have happened if I would have just communicated with you, or if you felt safe to communicate with me. Yeah. Where, you know, I think it would have, it would have ran a lot more smooth. But yeah. again, it's communication. You got to have communication, and and again, have communication with your exes, because yeah. I mean, although a lot of people don't have that, and I understand that, but it's best if you guys can get all on
0: the same page. Well, that is great advice, and for the listeners, if you're listening and you feel discouraged because you and your partner parent differently, we want you to have hope today. We all struggle with this. You're not alone. Sean and I have been together for almost 11 years now, and we still deal with this although now it has become something that we understand and we can work with and we also understand that it's okay sometimes to not agree with the decisions that the other might make but we've come to a place of mutual respect as well as we insist on brutal honesty and open communication in order to make things work and you can too and if you find that you're stuck and you both cannot figure out a way to compromise consider scheduling a coaching session with me together we can work on it sean thank you so much for joining me today i always love having you on the show
1: thank you sweetheart
0: listeners feedback or questions can be sent to me at melissa at blended if you want to connect with sean he is in our private facebook group over at blended family podcast.com slash group it is free to join and it's a great community all of the links i mentioned are always in the show notes for you thank you as always for listening and have a wonderful week bye